All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here uh, with Connor Forrest and Matt Hines, two Rigos Rag contributors. We didn't do a podcast last week. We thought it would have been a little repetitive. Uh, the stories were kind of similar uh, with the uh, Eagles' loss and the Cowboys' loss. But this Bears game was a pivotal matchup that some people said, Connor said, in an article was a must-win game for Washington. And, uh, well, they, they didn't win. They didn't even get close. So now what happens? Uh, because we knew Jay Gruden's seat was hot coming into it. And we knew Greg Minuski's seat was hot. And the defense was historically bad again. What does it all mean, uh, both short-term and long-term? I mean, what do we expect? Because this is one of the most uncertain situations we've seen in D.C. And that's saying a lot because we've seen plenty of uncertain situations uh, over the recent years. So we're here to kind of break it down, talk about it. But a couple positives we do have. Matt Hines and Connor Forrest are here. Boys, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, fellas. Missed you, boys. How are you doing, Matt? Doing pretty good, man. Happy to be back. This is the OG squad right here. They came live from training camp, and they were just talking. They were reporting from the scene. So these guys know what's up. And they weren't at the Bears game, uh, but uh, you don't. You Thank didn't. God. You didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost better that you just kind of spectated uh, from from your television or whatever, because you didn't have to be there to feel the impact that yeah. it had. Uh, it was uh, it was not pretty. Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. You want to kind of go into what you felt i mean you guys you guys are more deeply rooted in in dc sports than i am so this has got to be tough for you to see this franchise at this low point and like we don't even know where they're gonna go from here yeah i mean it's just it's just pure physical pain at this point and uh (laughs) you know before i get into this matt i think uh since you know we did the training camp bit i think we need to start holding out going to Trent williams seeing if we can get a new contract to the two of us uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was real tough, man. I, I'm not gonna like, I, I, I was walking my brother out to the uh, bus stop this morning and the bus driver I'm friendly with, she kind of looked at me, she goes, Hey, how you doing? Every morning I'm going, Hey, everything's good. She kind of looks at me, she goes, Oh, you don't look good. Is everything good? I went, oh, well, you know, my Redskins. And she goes, Oh, did they, did they play last night? Right? And I went, no, no, they didn't play last night. They got assaulted on actual television last night. Like, I, 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 it was like watching wood in a chipper. My thing is, I, I couldn't believe Maryland State Troopers didn't storm the field and start arresting Bears for what they were doing to the Redskins yesterday. I mean, I, I was sitting there, and at, at halftime, I just looked over at my brother, and I went, this is literally the Monday Night Massacre again. Like, I, I, I have seen this. I remember watching Deshaun Jackson and Michael Vick run around these guys like they were playing seven on seven and Albert Haynes were taking naps on the field. Like this all just came back to me. And I remember going, this is the hamster wheel we're running in right now. And what's, what's so frustrating is that the first time you, you feel this, you go, gosh, this is a low point. We can bounce back. But you start to look back uh, just over the years and you see the repetitive problems that this team has with consistency that we talk about so much on this podcast. We talk about so much on every outlet that it is a, it is a rotten culture that clearly on a night where I really genuinely mean this, I picked the Redskins to win this freaking game. I picked them to win this game. Like again, look at me, go make myself look like a clown shoe. I, I, I picked this team to win. I, I have genuine faith in the talent that's on this defense. I have never seen them look so abysmal in my entire life. Like I, I, I it's really hard to, to constantly look at the same problems happening over and over again. And uh, yeah, I, I did say this game is a must win. And uh, you know, I had a friend call me yesterday and say, "Hey, you know, what degree of change happens if the Redskins lose this game?" And I literally just simply said, "It just depends on how they lose. If they lose this game, seventeen to thirteen, and it was close." Whatever we can, we can live with that. To get obliterated by 
Mitch Trubisky. I mean, <laughs> God have mercy. Everyone oh, yeah. retire, please. This is just embarrassing. Dude, yeah. I mean, you talk about the defense and how bad it looked. I mean, we got to go into the details there because they were down 28 to nothing at one point in the first half against Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, that... That's about as bad as it gets, right? And, I mean, this is a defense we were talking about earlier before the season, a defense that had top potential top 10 talent. And they are literally not – they're not even in, like, the bottom middle. They're not even in, like, the 20 to twenty to 26 range. They are at the bottom of the NFL. They're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense of this year. And it's, it's just – it's crazy, man, considering the expectations that were – you know, given to them before the season. I don't know, Matt, what did you think about that performance? Because I, I I can't think of anything different than what Connor said. Yeah, I won't beat a dead horse. Well, I will beat a dead horse. But <laughs> so just to set the scene of like how I observed this game, I, I had a work thing up in Boston this past weekend and I wasn't paying attention to the NFL schedule when I booked my flight. My flight took off from Boston back to DC at eight ten. Kickoff obviously eight ten, eight fifteen. So I'm sitting at the bar at the at the you know airport watching all the pregame stuff and I go get on my plane and I, I text my buddy who I'm I'm good friends with. We talk football all the time and I, I say, Hey, you know, hopefully it won't be thirty to nothing by the time I land. You know, hour <laughs> it's an hour flight. Well, I then find out the Southwest Airlines, I'll give them a little shout out, offers like flawless free Wi Fi to watch T V when you're on a plane. So I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. I actually get to watch the game. I, I was mad at Southwest Airlines by the end of the flight. Like, it's not even their fault. But the fact that they allowed me to see that while flying was upsetting. Because, you know, I land, I land and it's 28 nothing. by the way. So I was only two points off. Uh, the team is abysmal. And t- to Connor's point, just dysfunction is the only word I can think of. There was a couple things over the internet today that just cracked me up endlessly. There was the little video clip of the water guy steering the Gatorade powder with the cups. There was a guy who, like, the one time the Redskins did score, you know, when they waved the Redskins flags, his flagpole was broken, and the flag was, like, just down by his hands, yet he was just pretending it was working. This is They spelled London Fletcher's name wrong on the Jumbotron (laughs) when inducting him into the Ring of Fame. I run a business for a living. We deal with hundreds of thousands of customers a year, and I'm telling you, dysfunction starts at the top. It's not something people just say. It's a real thing. If the owner of the company lets things slide it trickles its way down all the way to the person who you know cleans the floors it just it's it's so repetitive it's unbelievable i i got a million things on gruden i'm sure we'll get to it but just (laughs) it was embarrassing but not even surprising and and i knew that there wouldn't be change today yeah yeah and you mentioned gruden let's talk about gruden and the dysfunction let's talk about that because you know last year after the giants debacle when they fell 40 to nothing before kind of coming back garbage time after that debacle, people were saying, oh, he should be fired. Then after the Cowboys game, they're like, oh, he should be fired. Then after the Bears game, he should be fired. I mean, but but at the same time, you know, you said dysfunction starts at the top. So how do you move forward from this? I mean, if they are going to make a change midseason, Connor, how do you move forward from this? Because it seems like it's unavoidable no matter what direction you go uh, that, that something like this is just going to happen again if they keep making the same mistakes, right? Right, and and I'm 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 not, I can't stop hearing. I just right. People say, well, you can't. You know, Jay Jay said. I mean, what can you expect him to say? But you know, he's on the podium saying you you can't just blow things up. You have to have continuity. Like continuity of what? This is this is the worst defense in the league. This is the most unbearably dysfunctional. I, I couldn't believe. Like watching that guy stir the drink with cups yesterday. I just like again. Get please get me another beer. I can't do this. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> 
but it was shameless. Is, I just complete shameless. Like I, I honestly, I mean it. Everyone needs to retire. I can't handle this. I'm gonna die at the age of 38 because of this the one thing that I will tell you that is that is you know I hate when people do this in general. Like we do, we you know I think we do this in society more than we should. Like we do it in politics a lot. Like you know we we start barking out answers like oh we need to do this like oh we need to do this and you know with, with a variety of issues. And I'm, I'm always, I always try to stop him and go, dude, like you, you just reminder, like you're not qualified to just start barking out like answers. I, like somebody needs to please tell me uh, and explain to me, which I have never gotten an answer. Like I, I've asked, I've asked so many people who are on the beat and they've asked coaches and there's just like, again, this is maybe the eighth season in a row. Like uh, we saw it last season with Mason Foster, like, you know, Taylor Gabriel on a drag route. Like why is John Boston covering Taylor Gabriel? Like, why was Mason Foster on T.Y. Hilton? Why is Josh Norman backed up 36 miles on a third and two? Somebody please tell me what in God's name is going on. Because it, it, it like, I'm sitting here going, Greg Minoski knows more defense. Jay Gruden knows more offense than I will ever know in my life. There's something that is, I am clearly not, there, is there something wrong? Like, what am I not seeing that doesn't, none of this makes sense. And when I see the continuity of, you know, you can't fire people, you can't, you know, blow things up three weeks in, like, yeah, you can. When this is this bad, you need to. Like, you clearly need to. This is the same crap we've been watching for so long. And I'm going with 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 Greg Minuski. They were trying to get rid of him over in the offseason. Like, you didn't even hide it. Like, you didn't even hide it. Like, please, please. I hate calling for people's jobs. Like, these guys are people. These guys have families. These guys have careers. Like, just like all the rest of us. But this is insanity. Like, this is pure insanity. And it's, you know, I know... I know, Matt, like, you were saying the same thing on Twitter last night. It's just, I, I, there's continuity of this is not something that needs to be continuous. This needs to be blown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And Jay Gruden was talking about, you know, specifically Case Keenum, like, you know, I want continuity on the offense. I don't want to turn the page to the future when clearly the season is basically over. I mean, <clears throat> the only reason, the only way the season isn't over is if you have a massive hike in quality of play which I do not see happening under this coaching staff. I mean, they're already <laughs> bottom tier. So it's like continuity. I think you can sacrifice a little continuity when you're 0-3 and when you're putting up league-low numbers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, you, you do bring up some good points. I mean, it's it's just insane that, you know, these guys, there's got to be a disconnect somewhere on defense. You know, whether it's Greg Minuski not being able to implement those schemes or the communication with the players, there's got to be a disconnect somewhere. Because like you said, as much as we'd like to harp on these guys, they know more about football than we ever will. And it's, it's just crazy to think that they know that much more and still something's not getting done. I mean, the depth of the knowledge there, it's, it's insane, man. I don't know. Matt, what do you make of the coaching situation? Because a lot has been made about that. I mean, there's been reports that Gruden, you know, there's been reports that I saw J.P. Finlay tweeted that um, that situation is incredibly explosive uh, in his words and that a loss against the Giants could mean the end of his tenure. Uh, there's been talk that Greg Minuski, they want him out, but at the same time, you know, you want to try and keep Jim Tomsula. They're good friends, and Tomsula might leave with Minuski. How, how, do they, how do they get through this? I, I'm trying to see a scenario where they get through this in one piece, or if they just have to blow the entire thing up. Yeah, I think it really define. I think it really comes down to how do you define get through this? Because there is no getting through this in terms of there's no playoffs, there's no Super Bowl, there's no 500 at this point. Uh, you know, get through this is blow it up. I, I have been 
not you know necessarily a Gruden supporter, but I've been someone who's supported and preached patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think in Dan Schneider's early tenure, the early trigger finger, whether it be free agent signings, staff hirings, and firings, just gut actions with no planning has been the Achilles heel of this organization. So when it was year two, year three, or year four, whatever point it was in Gruden's tenure, and you know the, the Twitter birds started firing, oh, fire this person, fire that person, just calm down, let's let the plan unfold, give someone a decent shot. It takes four or five years to really find out whether somebody has it. Well, we're sitting here in 0-3, Gruden's been here a long time. I'm not necessarily criticizing the man because I don't know this guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know the pressures he's under, but it's not working. And at a certain point, regardless of the factors of your job, something needs to change and Gruden needs to go. His win-loss record is abysmal. I don't see someone who even wants to be here. Like you look at his press conferences every day and he looks like someone who's just defeated. And and I feel I feel bad for the guy. He's had the worst injury luck. He's dealing with a toxic work environment. He's got a fan base that, you know, is eroded. Uh, he's got no home field advantage. He's got all the odds stacked against him, and I think it's broken him, and I think it's broken the team. So I, I do think Greg Minuski needs to be fired, and I do think that'll be the first thing that happens once we lose to the Giants next week, uh, and and they'll let Greg Minuski go, and that will extend Gruden's tenure, you know, a week or two more. Perhaps we get then get blown out by the Patriots. You know, that seems likely, <laughs> uh, and then he can maybe turn to Haskins to to extend his career another week or two. Uh, but but I do see, you know, there's no way Jake Gruden's the coach next year. And it really comes down to whether you think there's a benefit to letting him go midseason. Like, what does that give you? Do, do you really gain a leg up? Just getting younger people in, you know, positions. Or, or do, are you just giving Bill Callahan, the, you know, the, the ropes for a couple weeks and then, you know, promoting people from within next year? I, I really don't know. It really comes down to do you have anything to gain from blowing it up midseason or is Gruden just your punching bag for the next – 12 weeks, 14 weeks while we ride this out. You know, I I don't see the point. The The thing that really struck me today was the Gruden supporters out there, the people that are adamant, and I'm not sure there are any left at this point, but the people that are adamant Gruden's here to stay or should be is that he's good for quarterbacks. Well, the report came out today. I think it was WSA 9, Darren Hayes, yeah. said that Haskins is running scout team. He's not even preparing to play week to week against the opponent. He's not the backup. So I, I don't know who is because, you know, Colt McCoy's not playing, practicing. So I don't know, you know, Keenum's getting all the reps, which is fine. He's your starting quarterback. And Keenum's not even the reason we're losing. But he's not the future. We all know that. And if you're not preparing Dwayne Haskins for the future, you're not what's best for Dwayne Haskins, which means you're not what's best for the Washington Redskins. So Jay Gruden's got to go. I couldn't have said it any better, man. I saw that I saw that report, and that really kind of that, – that, that hit a nerve, let me tell you, because, like, I, it's such a gross, negligent way to manage your resources. I mean, this is a guy you invested a first-round pick in, and you want continuity with your bridge quarterback. He was always going to be a bridge. And last last night, you know, he kind of showed the volatile parts of his game and why he's only a bridge. And, you know, here Jay Gruden is. He doesn't want to give anything to his first-round quarterback. And, you know, I, I don't think people give Dwayne Haskins enough credit either because the, the – automatic assumption is always that he's not ready he's not ready he's a rookie well you know he was a smart guy he was a smart guy coming out he showed toughness in preseason he's got the arm talent you know he's got some mobility he showed that in preseason I think you can put him in a situation to be successful I don't I just don't think Jay Gruden you know I don't think it's about Haskins not being ready I just think it's about Gruden not wanting to adjust his scheme for a rookie like Haskins I don't think he wants to do that at this stage in his career 
just fighting for his job. He thinks Keenum gives him the best chance to win, but Keenum isn't winning. He's 0-3. I think the best chance he's got is developing Haskins, but he doesn't want to do that, doesn't want to change up his scheme. He's never been one to do that, to kind of mend it to other players. So it's a mess right now. And I agree with you. You know, you have conflicting interests at this point. Jay Gruden wants to win. He thinks Keenum gives him the best chance to win, but the organization wants to move forward with Haskins and they need to develop him. It's it's a mess right now. It's crazy. I mean, Connor, how do you balance these different motivating factors? Do you just let them clash and kind of collide with each other until there's nothing left? It's so, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, it really is so difficult to, to really evaluate that because I think, you know, professional, professional, you know, professional sports are, are this way that you're dealing with a lot of egos. And, and by the way, that's not a bad thing. Like you need to have confidence in your scheme, confidence in your ability to, to, to climb up a ladder. But, you know, really that can only be solved when you all are pulling the rope in the same direction. How many times now have we seen a veteran or a player leave the Redskins, or a coach leave the Redskins, and on his way out the door has kind of whispered, oh, by the way, none of these guys know what they're doing. Or look, (laughs) oh, by the way, none of these guys actually have a clue what they're doing. They're all pulling the rope in different directions. We see that routinely with this team. And, you know, and the problem is, is, look, if people will point to, and and I think Greg Minuski's got to go. I think he's got to be the first one to go. I agree with with Matt there, like, that he's got to be the first one to go. But you also don't know what Greg Minuski's relationship is with Ray Horton, the secondaries coach. You don't know what Ray Horton – no, people don't even bring that guy up. And you're going, well, what responsibility does he hold in this? Like are these guys both on the same page? Are they – are they are there conflicting interests there? And is there tension there? Because, you know, with our with Torian Gray, our last secondaries coach, you remember Josh Norman voiced it, DJ Swearinger voiced it, that there was huge tension there. You just don't know this stuff. But my thing is that – Again, if if there is mistrust in the coach, which a wide, vast majority of the fans have mistrust in Jay Gruden, which, again, I agree 100% with Matt. I've always been a Jay Gruden defender. Give him time. Give him an ability to kind of make make his path and, and kind of let things you know work out the way they do. But there is a vast mistrust in Jay Gruden. And if you have a mistrust in Jay Gruden, then how do you trust his ability to putting you – know, because there's, there's different – angles of being a coach, putting a team together and putting a staff together. If you don't trust him, how can you trust him to put a staff together? And if his staff isn't working together and you don't trust Jay, then, you know, do you trust the guy that's going to be replacing Jay? Because you know, this is what we talk about all the time. People say, blow it up, blow it up immediately. And you go, okay, yeah, I agree to blow it up immediately. But you, you don't want to leave a vacuum and you don't want to have, you know, Bruce Allen slapping together a coaching staff that, again, is, is going to be another abysmal disaster. Like, you, you want to take your time with this, but it's difficult because for us, we're only getting one side of the story. You're not really going to get Jay Gruden's full opinion. And like like Matt said, he's up on the podium and you can just read his face. You, you just you want to have Keegan-Michael Key up there and just have him do a Jay Gruden translation <laughs> and just have him be the one screaming out what Jay's actually thinking. But uh, you're, we're not going to know that. Literally so screaming, really probably. Is, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and my thing is, you know, you, you got to let you know, to me, I, we're not going to know what the relationships are inside that building, but we do know that the defense, this defense, is a, just a joke, and and clearly this team is. It's not even that we're losing games close or where that we're playing fine and there is mental errors. We're, this there is such a disconnection going on with this team that make you think that there is something within that coaching staff, and there's a message that's clearly not being translated somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just a ton of dysfunction 
from top to bottom and it really seems like the best thing to do is blow it up. So I don't know. Yeah. But we've we've been talking about the big picture downers the entire time. Let's 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 end on a high note, maybe uh, some some positives from Monday night. I mean, how about Turbo Terry McLaurin, Matt? How 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 does his performance kind of uh, kind of bring a bright spot? I mean, he he's been crazy good, crazy consistent, and for my fantasy team, uh, a lifesaver. Let me tell you. <laughs> Amen to that. He's the one bright spot of this entire team right now. When is the last time the Redskins drafted and developed a wide receiver and the guy actually turned out to be a pro bowl or more, you know, skill level? This kid has all the talent in the world. And the one thing that I keep waiting for is right now he's working with a quarterback he's never worked with before. Wait till his college quarterback is starting. The sky's the limit for this kid right now. That's another thing people talk about. Don't talk about Dwayne Haskins. I mean, his his favorite, one of his favorite college receivers, is on the team right now. You put him in and be chemistry there. I'm ranting though. Terry McLaurin, he's the real deal, isn't he, Connor? Dude, he really is. Like, I genuinely have to go back to the the days of Santana Moss that I honestly felt like watching a game where I went, "Oh my gosh, please just throw it to 17. Like, please just throw it to our receiver." <laughs> I've ne- like really, I've never genuinely felt that since. Since Santana Moss, like I, 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 you know, I know Deshaun Jackson, but Deshaun Jackson was constantly hurt, and you know Pierre Garcon was great, but this guy is so versatile. He's got so, and, and I mean, he's such a likable dude. It's just so easy to love Terry McLaurin, and he's basically the reason my fantasy team is not zero and three. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him out for dinner hopefully one of these days. <laughs> dude, honestly though, I mean, did you? I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to him. There's another podcast out there, John Kimes podcast, Terry McLaurin. Did you guys yep. get a chance to listen to that? Great, I did. Yeah, it. loved it. Yeah, dude, he's like he's like a captain already. Oh my god, yep. he's like he's talking about how he's like an old soul and everything, and like how he's just like all about the work. I love it, man. I I, I live and he's breathe that stuff. But he's um yeah, and you've seen it. We've seen it on the field. I know a lot of people are like, oh, his stats in college weren't great. He's he's gonna get beat by bigger corners. It's like the dude's got quickness to separate. You know, he's got the nuance. You can tell the little details, like the head fakes and everything. He's got it. He's got enough strength to push off too and make those contested catches. He's shown everything so far this year, and uh, you know, really just kind of emerged. I mean. We should have expected it in this receiving court when there's no go-to guy that a guy like McLaurin was going to take advantage, and he really has. So is it is it brash to say that the Redskins' receiving core might be one of the best things about their team right now? Oh, I don't know. Oh, boy. That's a really good, that's a really good question. Because, like, coming into the season, it was like – that was, like, one of the biggest concerns. Like, we don't know what it's going to be. Now it's like – Bro, we've got Trey Quinn, who's doing pretty well. We got Paul Richardson, who's coming off an eight get eight reception game, and we got Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's 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 like one of the brightest spots in the team right now, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. Honestly, I think the two yeah. biggest surprises of this team, it, it, the two at least positive surprises. Not, I'm not going to count the negative ones on the defensive side of the ball, but like <laughs> Eric Eric Flowers in the receiving core. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No kidding, man. No kidding. Like, like that. I love making fun of the guy as much as the next person, but when he got hurt yesterday, I was scared, and I never thought yeah. that would happen. <laughs> I can't believe I actually was actually like gasping there, but like against the Cowboys for a majority. Like Eric Flowers had a, actually, and I'm not saying he's better, but he had a better game than Brandon Sheriff. Like Brandon Sheriff had a very bad game against the Cowboys, but no, it's 100 percent correct. And, and to your point, even Ian, like I think nobody was talking about him during the off season. Like we forgot he was even on the team. Paul Richardson, um, I know he had a drop last week, but 
or I believe it was week one, but um, but Paul Richardson has come into his own. I think he's a great athlete, and I think he's he's a he's a really good asset to have. And I, I, yeah, I would agree. I think this receiving core is a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, but talk about like scripts just totally being flipped on this team. Oh, Three yeah. weeks in, who would have who would have thought I'd be sitting here talking to you guys about how great Terry McLaurin is and how putrid our defense is? Like it's just it's hard <laughs> for me to even understand that. <laughs> I know, seriously. I mean, because the whole the whole off season, we were touting that defense. Like, hey, no matter how bad the season's gonna be, we'll still have our defense, and uh, we we don't have that defense anymore. So we do not. Nice job, Redskins. <laughs> yeah, that's that was probably already gonna be the case, but it's definitely like less happy. <laughs> that was always gonna be the case. Oh my god. Yeah, but Eric Eric Flowers, he's another guy we we didn't mention. He's been he's been good at left guard, like genuinely i mean he's been making progress and i know people always like to kind of question the validity of bill callahan's resume but this is another check mark to him uh, he's he's really done a nice job preparing flowers for that role and he's getting better uh, so hopefully hopefully he'll continue maybe a long-term solution there it's it's not out of the question i don't want to jump to conclusions but he's been playing well and that receiving core that left guard those are two areas that we were freaking out about in the offseason, and uh, yeah. that it might be the brightest spots on the team. So that, that's that's something. That's something for sure. Terry McLaurin is like, I, I drafted him in like round sixteen in my fantasy draft. I was like, I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was gonna be it was gonna be great. And Connor, you you got him too. So it's like, hey, we we were the ins- we had the insider info. We knew before any. <laughs> yeah, we had the inside scoop. No question about it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're almost out of time. So I'll give each of you like a minute or so. Uh, it's a tough situation uh, that the Redskins are in right now. And, you know, you got your coaches, they're hanging by a thread. And you've got an awful defense, uh, an offense that can't maintain consistency. I'll start with you, Matt. You're the Redskins owner. So uh, not realistic. We're not being realistic. It's just <laughs> what would you – yeah, because like if we're too realistic, we've been wallowing in realism this whole time. And it's kind of depressing. Right. So. What would you What would you do uh, if you were the owner right now? How would you kind of write the ship? Honestly, you just made me so sad because it's depressing that it's depressing that we're living <laughs> in reality. Like, <laughs> all right, but uh, you know, if, if you truly, you know, somebody hands me a check for you know a billion dollars, whatever it takes to, to buy the team today, I I am probably moving on from from Bruce Allen. Uh, I am moving on from Jay Gruden. I am cleaning house on the coaching staff. And then I'm starting a you know a nationwide search for whoever I think can truly change the culture of this team. And I think I, as the you know if I'm the new owner, that starts with me. And you know I guess I'll pat myself on the back and say I'm not a threat. But I, I'm looking for the guy who can look at the people in the locker room and connect with them in a way I, as the owner, never could, or I, as the general manager, never could. And you know whichever comes first, whether it's general manager, head coach, whoever I think can set the tone, deconstruct a 20 year toxic environment. That is my number one priority. I don't know who that person is. I also don't have a billion dollars, but <laughs> that is priority number one. But in the near future, I sent this text message to my friend maybe three weeks, two weeks ago. He asked me if Minuski could be head coach. I said, I'm not sure I think Minuski's the head coach. I'm pretty sure he's going to get fired by the end of the year. <laughs> this might be Gruden's only chance to show he's doing anything he can to stay around. They looked at replacing Minuski in the offseason. They literally had him sit in on job interviews for his replacement. I think by the end of the year, the interim head coach is Bill Callahan as the oldest, most seasoned guy on the team. Jim Tomsula takes over as defensive coordinator. If he walks because of Minuski getting fired, they have no choice but to make Rex uh, Rob Ryan, the, head co- the, the defensive coordinator, 
which would be a terrible decision. I see Redskins fans tweet about it all the time. Oh, you know, Rob Ryan. Uh, just because you think he's a funny-looking guy and he's nice on camera, he was a terrible defensive coordinator for 13 years. Terrible. The last time that he was a defensive coordinator, the Redskins played him in 2016. They dropped 47 points on him. Matt Jones had 131 yards. He was terrible. So just that's a preview of what we're looking at. The coaching staff has to go. I'm gutting all of it. I'm going to pour another glass. Hail to the Redskins. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Beautiful answer. But unfortunately, Matt, we just realized that you counterfeited a billion dollars. So you're, you're gone. You're not the owner anymore. Now, Connor, that's you're fair. the owner. <laughs> Connor, oh, what man, would you that's... do real quick? You got like 30 seconds. Yeah, no, honestly, it's a pretty easy answer. First thing I'm doing, I'm holding a press conference. And before I do anything, Get a bunch of dynamite. I'm blowing up FedEx Field. Uh, we're never going back there. Maryland, can hey, go away forever. Um, and we'll look and we'll play in my backyard. I don't care. FedEx Field can die. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, yeah. Look, Bruce Allen's eventually got to go because it starts from the top to the bottom. Um, if you don't trust your president, then then none of this matters. So I think Bruce Allen's got to be um, at the end of this year. He's got to be the one to go, the ultimate guy to go. And I think, again, the, the dominoes will fall where they may, but I think Bruce has got to be the guy to go. Yeah, yeah. So it starts from the top, goes down. So Bruce Allen, naturally, that's the domino that starts it. Good answers, guys. Guys, I like it. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time. I wish I thought we could talk about this for like three hours, no joke. But unfortunately, we only got 30 minutes, so we are out of time. Uh, make sure you guys uh, tune in uh, on the site because you never know what's going to happen. Every day brings new possibilities and uh We'll be covering it over at Riggles Rag. In the meantime, peace out. Have a good night.